When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. All right, it's another film study. You didn't think we were going to just leave you with the defense. We got to do the offensive roster evaluation. Uh, So we're going to dig right into that. Ken, welcome back. Brian, you're back as well. Guys, why don't we just jump right back into it? I think we did all the intro setup. I mean, we even talked about David Coley on the last episode. Now yeah, we can I hope just kind of look people ahead. People listen to that last one. Great episode, as always, with Brian. Brian, thanks for joining us again. Absolutely. And we'll jump right in. We've got these five categories. You're familiar with them by now. The offense, a much rosier picture in terms of younger players who are really producing for the Ravens. Guys on their first contract who are playing at a starter level, in some cases well above that. Uh, There are seven guys I think we can identify and probably agree on on the Ravens. Some might say more. Mark Andrews, Bradley Bozeman, Marquise Brown, Orlando Brown, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson. Who would you like to talk about on that list? I think the second name is one of the interesting ones to me, but there's a lot of contract figuring that is going to be a lot of the Ravens' future within that seven-man group. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, 
it's the benefit of dra having a really good draft. Um, and, and in fact, because they were and they were all on one side of the ball that year, mm -hmm. um, so now they're all up for deals. And I'm not sure you're going to have to pick and choose. Um, you know, from a contract standpoint, I think Orlando Brown is probably the least likely to return. Mm -hmm. um, it's great that bookends, I, and I know he's a legacy sort of with his dad being here. Although his dad left for better money at one point too, so. Um, but you know he, he he played, you know, relatively well at, at left tackle. So and left tackles make more money than right tackles. So you know, will that be enough to have somebody? You know, if he hits the market, or I'm sure his agent's going to say, look, you know, you know, you lost Stanley and you had somebody who could slide over there, and that value that's more valuable than just plain right tackle money. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it was going to be tough to pay top of the market for two guys anyway, um, but I think that, that that makes him even more valuable to another team, and, you know, he, he was a left tackle in college. Maybe he wants to be a left tackle, you know. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably, you know, from the contract standpoint, I think when you're looking at Andrews and Lamar and, and Orlando and then Bozeman, I mean, those, those guys are all, you know, in the same class, and... Um, he got Lamar for a year longer, uh, technically, but uh, you know I think he's pro I think Brown's probably the one of the three that that is most likely to go. Um, I think you, you know you mentioned you like I know you love early deals, and I know you know um, um, DeCosta's talked about early deals, so I could see where Bozeman could fit into that category. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be that would be the question: is is what would be the number right now for Bradley Bozeman? Has he he's earned an up a pay scale upgrade or did not do it? Yes, he did. He 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 went up one level uh, like uh, Elliot did, so mm -hmm. he jumped to you know two point one eight three. Uh, Brown and Andrews, by virtue of uh, making a Pro Bowl on the first ballot, um, Brown this year, Andrews last year, they jumped to three point eight four. Um, so, you know, that again, replacing that uh, um, restricted free agent tender from the old days and um, this, this new, new CBA. Last year, uh, the old CBA was just up to the one level, um, but the new CBA creates a, a second level and a third level, um, and Pro Bowl bid is it get, jumps you to the third level. So Brown, by making it this year, um, made it to the, made, jumped up that high. I agree with all your comments, by the way, on Brown, so I'm not going to duplicate them in terms of the, the risk of them losing him or the likelihood. Um, it, you know, what's really surprising about him, though, is that only about 11, 12 weeks ago at this point, we had no real idea whether Orlando Brown could play left tackle or not. I mean, he, he basically had not done that. He moved over there, used his length extremely well to block 12 to 6, uh, you know, get guys around the pocket. Which is something, you know, an adjustment that bigger, slower tackles, you know, just have often have a lot of trouble doing. He didn't get, uh, you know, the other thing we've seen in, in other years is big tackles, monolithic left tackles. I'm thinking about McKinney in particular, was a guy who would get uh, really abused by shorter edge rushers and having uh, Harrison in the same division. James Harrison was a real problem in terms of him creating holding call after holding call against players like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he really, I mean, and, you know, they always, you know, casual fans and, you know, we always hear, oh, yeah, anybody, you can just move the eyes around. But if you hear players and coaches <laughs> talk about it, you know, it's different steps, it's different hand placement, it's different body placement, you know, 
Now, obviously, Brown had done it in the past, but other than maybe a few practices here and there, and I don't even know if they had him practicing at left tackle ever, um, because usually they don't like to make that change, They, especially in-game. They will just have somebody else come in and not mess two positions up, so to speak. But mm-hmm. uh, now, obviously, once they, they got a chance to practice, then they moved him over. But um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, unfortunately, I think that um, unless he's willing to take a big old hometown discount, so to speak, uh, I think that, um, you know, that means uh, he's probably done for the Ravens. And, I, you know, we, people talking about trading him now and things like that. And, you know, if they had a, a legitimate backup right tackle, I would say maybe it's worth it. But I don't, I don't see that on the roster right let's, now. Let's, uh, f- let's forget exactly what the, what the, op, the alternative is at right tackle for the Ravens. What about the notion that the Ravens are going to get two number ones? How can they pass that up? Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, you hear that all over yeah. Twitter. Like every day, well, it's going to be two number one picks. Right, because because yeah. because Houston made a crazy trade from, you know, <laughs> for uh, Tunsil, and therefore that's the mark that's market value now. Like, right. Yeah, no, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> As people learn from touching the stove and you yeah, know, yeah, picking exactly. up a, you know, a red hot horseshoe or whatever. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to Bradley Bozeman for a moment, though. If you had to guess at a, a number that might be reasonable now, especially with the escalation. Is is three years nine million in the range at all, or do you think his agent would say no way in hell at this point? Three years nine million total. Yeah. Okay. No, he would say no. Okay. Um, I think he, since he's got another year, and you know, this is it's going to be interesting the interplay of you know with extensions, things like that. Same with Lamar and and Andrews and Brown. Um, are players going to be willing to now the Ravens might, I'm, I don't think it'd be three for nine, but I could see the Ravens going to them and saying, let's lock you up early um, because you're probably going to get, the teams will get a better deal this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, that, now the, the premium guys, maybe not so much, but guys like Bozeman, you, you may be able to get a good deal out of. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that's, it's, you know, our agents also with Lamar, you know, it's going to be, Okay, well, we just don't have a lot of cap space, so we have to structure it this way. We'll try to make it as best we can, but you know, Lamar's agent may say, "Well, you know what? We'll play for the small salary next year, or this this coming year, and we'll wait till next year. And if the TV money's come in and everything's flush, the cap goes whoop bonkers, then we can go bonkers because we can go, you know, we can look at percentage of the cap sort of arguments and things like that that we can't right. use now, you know. So." Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that interplay of, you know, will agents really, you know, Lamar and his agent might just say, thanks, but, you know, we'll just, we'll just sit it out this year and we'll wait. Yeah, I mean, there's the fact that Mahomes and Watson are already signed to these mega deals. I'm trying to think of who else is in the category, but they're the worst two in terms of, of you know, big deals. Mahomes is worth it. Watson is probably worth it. I, I, is well, golf and Wentz the year before weren't aren't. We're not worth it. Yeah, yes. and as it so, turns out, you know, so you know, so that's and that's been the progression that you know the top guys get their deals. Um, you know, I, at this point, well, Josh Allen, you know, um, you know, so you got you got Mayfield, Mayfield, Mayfield Allen, yep. and, and Lamar basically. Um, who's going to push the market? That's the other thing. You know, I don't think any of I'd, even as well as Allen played this year, and certainly not Mayfield, they're not going to push the market on Lamar. 
you know, Lamar's his own guy. So, I mean, he, he's looking at Watson, and I don't think either of those guys are going to top Watson. Uh, Josh Allen, I don't, after one year, I don't, I don't see that. Um, right. I mean, he could come close to Watson, but, you know, but so, no, so Lamar's agent doesn't have anybody to say, I, I'm going to wait on either, whereas, you know, the other guys might want to wait. But, and that's sometimes the way the agents play it. We're going to wait this out and see what the next, you know, the next guy does, and then that'll push the market for us. But so, you know, there's, not, there's no reason necessarily other than Lamar says, I want to be here and I want to get it done. You know, to push it this year, perhaps his agent's probably saying, "Hold off, let's wait till the, we see where the cap goes." Uh, especially because then, then you know, we we expected by next year we'd have the TV money, not this yeah. coming season, but by 2022, the TV money will be coming, and that's still a variable, especially now because is the TV money going to be the same? Right. So the, the the question to me would be is what's what's the true market value of Lamar Jackson this year and obviously it's whatever anyone will pay for him and only the Ravens can negotiate with him now so it's kind of a it's not a free market right okay but but it is it's it is a case where if you're talking percentage of cap even over multiple years that the number Jackson would get would be significantly less than what Mahomes or Watson has got even if if you made the argument that he's every bit as good as both of them, right? Yeah. So I mean, so that's that's something for at least for deals like that. Now for the lesser deals, you know, I mean, maybe the same thing. I mean, Bozeman has another good year, then and the and he hits the free agent market next year. Same with Andrews. Same with Brown. Um, you know, it's just one year they have to worry about, and they're and they're going to be a free agent, and they're as long as they play well. They're going to get paid handsomely by somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So I could see those kind of deals being harder to get um, this year. And you know, your top guys—I mean, those three of those, or counting Lamar, three of the four are top guys, pretty much. Bozeman may be a little more. I want security, you know, things like that. Um, but you know, and, and and the market might be depressed for him anyway, up to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might be able to, he might be a guy you get, but the others are going to be harder to get, I think, just because it's going to be hard to fit him under the cap. Yeah. W- one of the guys who got taken off this young producer list last, or this time around was Matt Skura. Now he was playing well early in the season, uh, blocking well, uh, frankly, and he, and he blocked well pretty much through the season. That wasn't a problem. It was the snaps. And that obviously tremendously reduces his value, him being a center and all. But I still think he's a player who who could be a value. But he's also a, um, a cautionary tale in terms of what can happen to a fourth-year player in terms of injury. And somebody the Ravens would point to to say, hey, you don't want to end up like that. Bradley, take the money now. Yeah. You know, it's generational wealth. And, you know, and, and to be honest, you know, $10 million, after taxes, $5 million. It's not generational wealth in the way most finance people think of it. No. I mean, they, people, people in finance, they want to make $25 million in their career. And literally, this next contract is going to probably be 65% of what Bradley Bozeman makes in his career in, a, in an expected world. Yeah. Reasonably? Yeah. No. Uh, boy, it's uh, you know it's 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 certainly a tough call for him personally, and and I you know I hope guys are not guided with an iron fist by their agent under these circumstances that says you know I can get more because the agent should be neutral to it. He should be figuring the risk of the risk of injury as well, 
the player just may be discounting that risk, willing to discount greater for that because the risk is his personally, as opposed to the agent making a gamble on any number of players that he has in his stable. Yeah, and well, and the, and the NFLPA has a, a say in it too, especially the big deals. I mean, because obviously every you know the next deal drives the next deal drives the next deal drives the next deal, and pushes things higher. So when guys are taking less now, Bozeman may be in that category that they're not as concerned about. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the big deal, but um, certainly the agents, um, you know, and the agents are can be tied pretty closely to the NFLPA a lot. So. Um, you know, they want to know what's going on with these bigger contracts. So Bozeman may not certainly be in that category, but, um, you know, I mean, the lesser, you know, rarely do you see anybody taking a hometown discount, though. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. really the bottom line is rarely does that happen. Right. I'm, I'm, again, I don't think it's a hometown discount. I think this is a divisible benefit for injury and lifetime security. And, you know, there's a, when, I, I don't want to go into it. It's too much, too much, too much story for the payoff, so we'll we'll, we'll drop it. Uh, anybody else on this a- initial list? Uh, J.K. Dobbins is really the only other young guy. Gus Edwards, you think there's any chance they sign him to a second contract with the Ravens? I doubt it. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, he's going to be he's a restricted free agent. He's going to get the second round tender, um, so that's a nice payday for him. Um, you know, he's going to be. I mean, you know, most teams are going to more of a committee approach. So, you know, I mean, I guess there's something to be said for nobody's, you know, you're less likely to get that top, top dog money because most teams aren't paying that top, top dog money. You know what I mean? Look at, I mean, you got the cautionary tales, you know, Barkley. All um, of them. (laughs) All of them, yeah. I mean, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure who's, uh, you know, um, Elliot hasn't. yeah. Henry is probably the only one who really made yeah. good so yeah. far, and so it's far, one year. It's the first year, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's something you're going to have, you know. Um, I don't know. I just I get the feeling he's going to be gone. But uh, but certainly, you know, there's no, you know, it's, it's, it's Dobbins, and I'm not sure Hill's going to be much of anything, you know, for the future. So you, you are going to, they are going to need a new big back, but, you know, They've been pretty good at, you know, I mean, Edwards came off the street, you know. I mean, he was a, he was undrafted free agent, and a lot of teams you're getting fifth round and sixth round right. and undrafted free agents. So uh, my guess is they kind of stock up on those this year. Um, and you look back find, at Collins, Forsett, right? you know, right. they've, they've had a lot of success finding yeah. uh, treasure in other people's trash. And, if you know, they obviously Lamar changes the dynamic there too because they have mm-hmm. to pay so much attention to him. Um, that you know that that really that helps the running back because that has hesi- that hesitation by the defense, and if you, you know if you hit the hole, then that's that's all that matters. Yeah. All right, let's let's keep moving here. I think we've we've said enough about the young producers, and obviously there's an entire contract tangle there. Let's move on to the developmental group. Always the most exciting group to me because these are the guys. They're still on their first contract. They might move up in class. They might move down. They're those. You know, eleven thousand dollar claiming horses or allowance horses. Us being a Maryland that, that that have a chance to move up and and become stakes horses, or they have a chance to be moved down and make and be two thousand dollar claiming horses if if things don't work out. Eleven players in this group. Well, let's start with the number one, who I think is one of the most interesting, is Miles Boykin. Obviously, done a lot as a run blocker. Uh, has not expanded his role as a receiver the way the Ravens would have hoped in year two. 
Yeah, I mean, they were expecting a big jump. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, certainly for a while, it seemed like Lamar didn't have any confidence in him. Um, that seemed to get a little better as the season went on. Um, but, um, you know, these days, you know, a wide receiver drafted in the third round can, you know, explode. You know, mm -hmm. it used to be that, you know, even first rounders took a year or two to really get there. Now, you know, they hit the ground running. I mean, you look at Claypool, um, mm -hmm. was also a third round pick, also Notre Dame. Both tall. I mean, Claypool's got a little more girth to him. Um, um, but, you know, um, you got it. They, I mean, you know, maybe, and again, you know, they didn't have the off season and things like that. You know, that's when that's, that big jump is supposed to happen when you get them in for, you know, that off season, get them in there from March on as opposed to June on, you know. So um, hopefully this year, you know, that, that fixes itself. But they certainly need him. Um, whether they go out and get another receiver, I know you know you weren't you, for this year. You're not for that. Um, DaCosta made it. You know he kind of poo-pooed that. Um, although that could have been just the liar's lunch sort of um, at, you know approach that you know we don't want anybody to think we're going to. I would have to think they're going to bring a veteran in. It's just a matter of how. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I I don't have a problem with it as long as it's at the bargain level. You know, and I'd like it to be a 26, 27 year old guy and not a 33 year old guy again. Right. You know, you know, do we need another Frank Sanders? Do we need another Marcus Robinson, even though he did have one great game for the Ravens? I mean, right. all, all of these guys, I, I, I always tell the story sometimes when we get talking about Frank Sanders. His third catch, I believe it was, of the 2003 season after he was acquired from Arizona was the 500th of his career. They announced it on the over the right. loudspeaker, I've never been more underwhelmed right. by any event at a football right. game. Right. It's like, we, we saw, we, we missed 497 right. of this while he's right. playing in the NFC West. Right. Don't foist this on us. <laughs> all right. A group of three players I want to talk about together here are three guys who I think all fit into the center category potentially going up next year. Actually, it's, yeah, three. Um, ben Bredesen, who played well in 41 snaps but doesn't have any center experience so far. Patrick McCary, uh, I, I, I talk a little bit about him. His aggregate grade was a D at guard, a C at center, a B, and a, a B plus and a half of experience at right tackle. Don't think that would hold up, by the way, but uh, it is what it is. I want to give him credit for it. And then the third one is Tristan Colon Castillo, who, you know, they, they protected him. They made a special deal to bring him on the roster, but he played okay in two games. How do you see that group playing out? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I my feeling is if there is an unexpected, and I'm not saying it's totally unexpected, free agent signing, it would be at center. Mm -hmm. um, because especially because the top two you've had this year had troubles with the snapping and. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, as we saw the even you know the the Pittsburgh game against uh, Cleveland in the playoffs, and the, you know they sailed the. Uh, I mean, that could be just devastating, and it can mm -hmm. just change the whole complexion of a the game. They're drive killers. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and we certainly had a couple of those as well. I and mean, Lamar made something out of some of them, and you know, but still. Um, so that to me, if they brought on, if if you know, if there's one big free agent signing, and I'm not sure it's a big one necessarily because I'm not sure that I guess the Green Bay centers out there perhaps but he's probably the 
the best one, which I would qualify as big. But if it's not, I, I still think, I don't think, there's a pretty decent chance that the starting center is not on the roster right now mm-hmm. or amongst these names. Right, well, the, the, I mean, we didn't even include Matt Skur in this right. group, and I don't think there's a 0% chance that he's back. Whatever the problems were, all four of these guys need to be working with whoever they need to work with, sports psychologists yeah. maybe in, in some cases, but whatever it takes to get their, their snaps right. You know who I think would be really good at teaching this are long snappers. It's a different snap, but it's still it's something that long snappers can snap the car through a car a moving car window right. at twenty five feet. Get them to teach you how right. to make a shotgun snap. Yeah. Yeah, interesting because you because uh, you mentioned Macari and his right tackle experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy that's on uh, the fan that comes on every Friday or something, um, who's on with caller. Uh, no, no, he's um, um, he's on he's. He's obviously somebody that Lockhand Four has brought on. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a former scout, mm-hmm. and midway through the season, I think when the snap problem started, he said, "Move Macari to right tackle, and bring um, um, uh, Colin Castillo in at center." And mm-hmm. he thought that was their best alignment at that moment. Not that it was great, but mm-hmm. he thought that it was their best alignment. And I had I had not realized actually that Macari graded so well in his short time at right tackle. Obviously, a real small sample. Um, yeah, I mean, Will Holden was the highest graded individual there. And, and oh, good, yeah. good guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, very interesting story, by the way. We're hopefully going to have him on a podcast coming up real soon. But it, it, I just, I can't look at McCary's time at right tackle and really give it a lot of weight. He's a very short arm guy, and that's a big problem at that position. Right, right. Well, did apparently played in college. I played left tackle in Cal. Played left tackle, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, so uh, who knows? But um, I, I just, yeah, I just feel like the center is not on this roster. But that's, you know, uh, again, it comes, it, it comes to cap. Uh, if this was a full cap year, I would say the center is not on the roster mm-hmm. right now. But they may have to go with what they have and, you know, cross their fingers that one of them, you know, takes a step up. The team has lots of needs, and obviously one of the nice things about the draft is going into it with as many possibilities positionally as needs as possible. So it would be nice to have outside linebacker, center, wide receiver all be needs so that you're not reaching for a player or getting less when you trade down, either one of those things. You, you might not get good economy. And and I, I'm a big fan of that. So they can, if the longer they can push this off, the better. But part of me is saying, boy... If they have four choices here at center that are effectively in-house, because they can have Skura back for a song at this point. He's not going to command any money. Plus the three of these guys, you've got a good percentage chance to solve your center problem without using your number one draft pick and getting Creed Humphrey, say, who is an excellent prospect, probably good chance to be a pro bowler, but you've got big problems to address at at outside linebacker, for example. Boy, you give up on that. I just... I'd rather them just defer it till after the draft, figure it out then, have the maximum choices. And wasn't Bozeman, he played center in college. Yeah, and, so and again, he's too... For va- some reason, they're not. <laughs> or maybe well, he's, he's, he's too valuable at left guard. Yeah. I mean, he, he drives the Ravens' power run game. He's been a very successful puller. I, I just, I don't see them moving him. I think he's there permanently now. Yeah. All right, let's, let's keep down the list because this is an interesting list. Devin Duvernay, to me... You know, he contributed as a as a as a receiver, as a gunner, as a punt returner at the end of the year, and a kickoff returner throughout the year. 
those jobs, punt returner and kickoff returner, by the way, are not high capacity jobs at this point. That's not a lot of, uh, uh, it's not a, it's not a full-time equivalency job. It's about a point two. You know? Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, after 11 weeks, he was averaging 8.7 yards per target. He was targeted just three times for two yards in the last seven games of the season. That included the playoffs. He lost a lot of snaps to kill to Des Bryant right. during that time. How on earth did that happen? First of all, but, but second of all, where are you on the Duvernay side of things? I, I like him. I think, I mean, obviously the speed is, is, you know, is obvious. Um, and, um, it seemed, you know, earlier in the year, they, I mean, when you, and when you're running jet sweeps and things like you can't run them all the time, but when mm-hmm. you, I mean, when you look at, I mean, when you look at like the Rams, I mean, Robert Woods runs a jet sweep once a game mm-hmm. and it's usually for pretty solid yards, you know? So I, I would hope that becomes more of a part of the offense and, you know, Willie Sneed's a free agent. We'll get to him, but if he's not back, I mean, Duvernay seems like I mean that slot seemed to be his you know what he's being groomed for, um, so you know plus that creates a little more speed out of the slot too, which mm-hmm. I love Willie Sneed and I love his blocking and you know and uh, and his toughness, but you know uh, Duvernay over the over you know over the long haul should be an upgrade. So I, I you know. And he does, I mean, and obviously he's got the little kick that he, you know, when he gets a chance to return the ball, um, you know, he did really well. So, I mean, he was he was a better punt returner than Prochet was. Um, and Prochet was basically drafted to be the punt returner. Um, so, um, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, high on, I'm high on him in that I ho- I'm hopeful, I guess, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm excited about it too. I think you make a great point about Snead in the slot because Snead really plays a lot like a tight end uh, in this offense. He's a he's a bigger guy. They run him inside and use him as a blocker out of motion. But also when they have him in t- at tight end, he's a sit down in the zone kind of guy. Yeah. Done a great job of that. But he's not a run downfield and and yeah. score touchdown. Not very often anyway. So Duvernay gives you a little bit more there. Uh, we talked a little bit about Hill earlier this year. Obviously, he's he's really found a niche for himself as a gunner on special teams, but he, he only had five catches in 2020. It was all five balls that were thrown to him. That's good. But he also only had 12 carries for 60 yards. Nothing wrong with that, but just too small an opportunity set for a fourth-round draft pick in his third year now, in his yeah, second year. Now. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, second year. I mean, he, um, he, you know, he flashed a little last year. Um, but obviously, you know, with Dobbins being able to catch the ball a little better too, that doesn't, that certainly doesn't help him. Um, uh, you know, obviously blitz pickup could be an issue. Um, I think that's been a, you know, if he can show that he can do that, then he gets more of opportunity because uh, Dobbins, I don't think did a particularly good job of that. Whereas, um, that was something Ingram was really good at. Um, but you know, I, I he's flashed so little, um, you know, maybe he'll get more of a chance this year. He obviously got buried because he was fourth in line, and you know um, he'll be seemingly be third in line. So he should get a few more opportunities. But um, but yeah, I'm not sure he's going to get enough opportunities to you know shine through that you're thinking he's going to be something that's going to uh, be a hit or be here for the future either. Right, and, and all NFL t- players, you know, have to not hope for this. That's the wrong word, but benefit from this when it comes up is, you know, he's never been 
in there. Sorry, he's never been in a spot where an injury is going to create an opportunity for him. This year, he's fourth, and he could have moved up to third, and, and did, and he, he got a few snaps from from that. But the you know the first year his his first year he also had the problem that the guys in front of him Edwards and Ingram didn't get hurt, and this year it was that Edwards and Dobbins didn't get hurt. You know, it's just it's it's never happened for him. Um, all right, I, I, two other interesting guys to talk about: Phillips and Powers, who are con- competing for that right guard spot. Powers, I think, you know, is is clearly the incumbent right now, and he's played a lot of consecutive games. He's, I think, he's earned some trust from what's happened. Phillips, unfortunately, difficult rookie year, being split between two positions didn't help, but he really didn't play either well. No, and obviously, you know, they have to decide as part of, you know, their draft philosophy. I guess is, is he the swing tackle of the future, or do they need to look? And to be honest with you, they may need to look at their swing tackle not of the future, but of the 2021 season, who's going to be the right tackle in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, So it may be more than a a swing tackle they're looking for. They may be looking for a legit right tackle, knowing that if Stanley gets hurt again, Brown can move over, at least for next year or so, Um, and grooming that guy to be ready to step in if if they don't re-sign Brown. Yeah, interesting position this year with with him and Fluker both continuing to exchange snaps and you know there were times when fluker was out playing him and then fluker would go into a little bit of a a a rut as well including the last three games of the year he scored an f all three times in my system and about a half a play but but phillips had his down down periods too uh it was just it's interesting that neither of those guys could just really secure the job from the other yeah and i don't know i mean they'll have andre smith next year do you even have him on here uh, you know, I did, you did not put him on there, but I forgot he is returning from COVID, yeah. but he so, should be a veteran I mean, playing I, for market value. You know, but I don't know um, how, you know, a year off, and I mean, weight was always an issue with him, so who knows. Um, but, you know, that's one, I think, area that last off season they did, did not end up addressing very well. Um, they tried to band-aid it with, a, you know, with, with a, the swing tackle spot with a rookie and Fluker was really brought in to be a guard more than anything. And then obviously, you know, the Smith uh, opted out, but I'm not sure they were really expecting Smith to, uh, how much they were expecting him in the first place. You know, this is interesting because DeAndre Thomas is not on here either. Okay, so the Ravens roster does not include the two COVID opt Well, they did release Thomas. Okay, so it's just Smith. So maybe, is it possible they've released Smith? No, I not that I well, I, not that I've seen. Okay. What, what are you, you, what are, what are you looking at? I, 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 what I did is I took directly from the Ravens roster because I want to make sure even the smaller names that are on futures deals and whatnot, I got every single one. And the Ravens updated this roster within the last couple of days because they had it split out into all the groups of reserve COVID and reserve everything else, injured, practice squad, etc. Now it's just one roster. Okay. All right. So they're usually pretty good about not making mistakes with their roster, but they might have they might have missed one here. Yeah, they I mean, I'm pretty sure I'll check while we're talking, but I'm pretty sure he still shows up on NFLPA as under contract. So. Okay. yeah, it's good. Good. uh, That's obviously would be a a better source for that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the, the Raven site can have its issues at times. We didn't mention James Prochet, obviously lost the punt returner job. This is a weird situation, but he is targeted three times on the season. Two of those were pick sixes against the Steelers. And the third one was a, you know, a completion on third down. I, I don't know what's going to happen to him, but something, they've got to either, you know, basically use him or lose him 
here, I would think, pretty quickly. Uh, probably is playing for a job in camp. Obviously, if they get a draft pick, he might be a, a guy that could end up on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, he could. And obviously, I think a part of that de- part will depend on um, Duvernay's usage next year. If they're using Duvernay a lot more on the offense, um, if he's getting a lot more snaps, that at least for punt returns, they may return that to pro- for Prochet because... Um, I mean, he was specifically drafted to be the punt returner. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, they, um, they were going, they were going to grab him the round before, but the guy, they, I remember who they got in the fifth, but um, I guess it was Washington was not was there, and they weren't expecting it, so they put it off for another round, and Prochet was still there, which <laughs> may be telling they were going to draft him in the fifth, and he was still there in the sixth. But um, so yeah, so I mean, I, you know, a lot of that I think will depend. Uh, on Prochet, you know, on, on Duvernay's, Duvernay's usage. And, and yes, Andre Smith is still under contract for next year. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I think the, the total amount of guaranteed money is fairly small on that deal, like 25000 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the last name on the developmental list is a very interesting one. Obviously, the events of the last few days have, have elevated Nick Moore to a developmental guy. And I, he's going to be around. I mean, they're, they've, they've, they obviously protected him for most of the year on the practice squad. Not that that really means anything, because every Monday there's a chance to select off there. But but Nick Moore, or you know, every Thursday when your when your Ravens are playing their games on Wednesday, we don't get up too much into that. But Nick Nick Moore uh, is the guy they clearly want at long snapper now. They've 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 let Cox go. The Wolfpack hasn't had any new blood no. in what about nine years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Tucker. Yeah, Tucker was a rookie in twelve. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, yeah. I mean, it was an interesting move. Um, um, I think Jeff Zreback reported that there were other teams sniffing around him, and you know, when it came time to sign the futures contract, he's like, "Well, you know, may, maybe I'll wait it out." So he kind of forced that forced their hand to make a decision. Um, it's not really cap related because I don't think any long snapper is getting much more than the minimum this year, even one as good as Cox on the market. So. Um, you know, you're only talking at a, you know, when, when you use that veteran uh, salary reduction, you're only looking at, you know, three, four hundred thousand difference. Um, so it's not a cap move to not bring Cox back. It's clearly, you know, we want to get, and I think DaCosta said it, we're, you know, it was, they felt it was time to get younger. And not mm-hmm. that long snappers can't snap till they're 80, but, uh, <laughs> you know. You're- you're not allowed to touch them pretty much on the, right, on the, exactly. on the long yeah. snap. They, yeah. they got to be able to get up to touch right. Palomalo trying to hurdle so, him. And obviously they liked Moore a lot because, as you, that you mentioned, that they did protect him um, so that if, you know, during the week somebody I – mean, and I, it makes sense. I mean, you, you know, long snap, I think – I don't know. You can find a – I think I'd rather have a punter off the street than a, than a, a long snapper off the yes. street. Um, you know, I don't place kicker, not so much, but maybe, but, um, of course you got, you know, Tucker anyway, but, um, but yeah, I mean, then, well, they'll have, they'll have, actually they'll have Townsend as a backup punter this year too already. So, um, assuming they offer him a exclusive right to free agent, uh, offer. So, which I don't, there's no reason not to. So, um, so they'll have a lot of depth there. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, they clearly wanted more, um, and it was time for Cox to go, I guess. Yeah, so the last five years, the cap numbers for Cox have been over a million every year, $1,040,000, million 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 So what's the—if if, if it's a rookie 
playing in that position. He's what seven hundred thousand or so. Yeah, Moore's going to make about seven hundred thousand, and um, Cox on a you know veteran a veteran deal would take him down. I mean, he would make over a million, but his cap number on a one of the veteran uh, and now he could be one of the four year qualifying pairs, so they could pay him more. Uh, you know, they could pay him a little more, but you, as opposed to like nine hundred thousand, they could get him up to uh, about one point one. So you're looking at you know two hundred to four hundred thousand okay. difference Does, in the cap. So it's not really that. I don't think it was driven by the cap. His his the veteran benefit is usually shown on OTC, but I don't see it on Cox's thing. Is it possibly because his contract was signed years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. His was a three or four year deal, if I remember mm-hmm. the one he's coming off of. Yeah. So you veteran the veteran uh, either the four year qualifying player or the veteran uh, salary benefit or which they have to be one year deals. Okay. Okay. It can only be one year deals. See, that's why. Just tag at Raven Salary Cap to any question you have, and he understands that what the what any kind of nuance to this. But make sure you get that done. Let's go into the veterans playing for market value. Now we got some interesting things coming up here. Let's Nick Boyle is the first name on the list. Obviously, one of the interesting ones. And I'm just going to remind people of Brian's estimate from last year, last episode that boy, if if there is a surprise cut. He thinks 50% Boyle, 22% Williams, 18% Peters, 10% Campbell. Still comfortable with those numbers? Yeah. It, was a, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but. I know, yeah. I'll fix that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Nick Boyle, definitely one of the possibilities for a surprise cut. What might trigger a surprise cut from Nick Boyle? Would they see him in OTAs, say, ooh, he's not moving around the way we'd hope by now? What would it be? Now, I mean, if it's going to be a surprise cut, it's going to happen before that. It's going to happen in March when they need cap space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's, you know, this, of, of all years especially, this is, it's a puzzle. You know, they're, they're going to, I mean, right now I'm projecting to have, with no other moves, to, and then um, you're just tendering um, uh, Edwards with the, with the uh, RFA tender and then tendering their exclusive rights free agents. That'll drop that. That's going to drop it into that seven range. So you, you mentioned uh, over the cap has them at fourteen. I've got them at thirteen, but that's only because they're using one seventy six as the cap, and I'm using one seventy five now. So obviously, cap goes up to one eighty. You get five more there, um, but that's still not going to be enough because mm-hmm. you, know, you know you're talking you know seven to eight, maybe you know. And if there's no f- extra five there, you're still at seven and eight. So. They're going to have to. They they got a lot of work to do, um, and like I said, they're going to be trying to find cap space everywhere. And, and that's why I, everybody's in this position. I mean, we we've we talked about this a little bit in the last show, but the Ravens have a high percentage of the total league overage. Right, but there are teams that are going to have fifty, mm-hmm. you know, and that are you know we're going to they were going to have closer to a hundred, obviously, but they are. But so they're you know so there are going to be some teams that are going to have cash to spend. Um, but, you know, most teams are going to be, even teams that are in the middle of the pack like the Ravens, you still, once you, I mean, you know, when you look at OTC, there's, there's things that aren't there yet. You know, um, you know, just a week ago, you know, when I put my article out, they were at like 26. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying, well, you know, when you, when you add in the Edwards, I'm sorry, when you add in the Andrews, because at that point Andrews was not added in, the, the mm-hmm. uh, Escalator and, and Browns wasn't, and, and Elliott's wasn't, and, and Bozen wow. weren't. So, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, there's another eight, nine, um, you know, million down, and that's where we're getting to, our, you know, and a couple other things. And, 
you know, we only have 40 players on, on the roster at that point. Sure. Or they sign guys. So right there, that was another $7 million. So all of a sudden, you're going from 30 down to 13. Um, so what's the amount of roster cap space that you expect, or cap space that you expect the Ravens to have at the beginning of a year to have a good chance to get through it? $5 million, $6 million at kind of a minimum? Five, probably. Five. I mean, you'd rather have more, but I think five is sort of your minimum without having to potentially redo uh, a, a contract, uh, you know, ex- you know, and this year it's going to be tough because they may have redone a bunch already. Uh-huh. Um, you know, now, you know, and, and, and it's all going to depend on the, you know, where the cap is. Um, not to get too technical, but the, the the big issue is going to be the 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 salary cap is set by revenue from the prior year. So if God forbid the revenue for the other years for this past year says the cap is supposed to be 140. Mm-hmm. then they're going to have to borrow from future years just to get to 175. And, and do you see any way they don't do that? that? Do you see any way the the owners say, I'll tell you what, just to keep the peace here, or maybe in exchange for other pension concessions or things like that, we'll fund you $20 million of that. Well, but you're going to have to give up. Well, they've already done eight. that. They've already, they've already, there's their side letters. Uh, um, well, there's a COVID side letter and there's a cap side letter. Mm-hmm. That's where they agreed that the floor would be the set 175. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's going to depend. Now, if revenue comes in at 170 and they put the floor at 175, then, they're going, then they can probably borrow to 190 maybe. Because they're, now, they're I'm, borrow I'm asking a different it. question, Brian, so okay. let me go back to it, because I know you know this. They're not going to give money up. The, the, the owners are not giving money up. Now, I, I agree they won't give up money as a percentage of revenue. They want that number to stay the same. My question is, would they plug it for one year in exchange for something like pension concessions of equal okay. or greater value. Well, so they did. They've already part of the plan for next year is the players are already giving up as part of getting the floor, mm-hmm. which which leads me to believe they're expecting it to be below that floor. Right. They've already given up a lot of their benefits. So the salary right. cap has two components. When we talk about the salary cap, we always talk about the actual just salaries, <laughs> you know. But there's a benefits part of the salary cap. So when the salary cap is, is, is calculated. So for instance, last year it was the salary cap that we talk about was 198.2. Mm-hmm. The salary cap was really 240. Mm-hmm. The 50, rough, or the roughly 40, I should say, mm-hmm. it w- is benefits, pension, um, health insurance, you know, sure. all kinds of things. Um, so that, we don't, we don't talk about that as this quote-unquote salary cap. We just focus on the money that's being paid, you know, that's actually going out of salary and, and this, this calculation. But the cap itself is, is larger. So what they've already agreed to is to get to the 175 floor for the, 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 what we call the salary cap. They're already, they've already given up benefits to say we'll get there. So, now that, so that, that can be subject to renegotiation, of course. There you go. And so, and so there's, there's always, I would think, an impetus for players who are currently, certainly players who are currently coming up to a contract year, to want to have more of the dollars pushed into current contracts than are into benefits. I, I, a player on an early years in their contract has no interest in that whatsoever right now, a, fir- a first or second year player. Yeah. Is there, there's no difference in the voting, right? It's one man, one vote across the entire NFL. Okay, so there there could be arm twisting from some of the elder statesmen within the locker room, but I, I one of the one of the things that's always interested me is how do they do the voting there? Is it is it done in secret? 
do they or or do they do an everybody knows how everybody else voted i think it's done inside i think it's even done by email or, or some i think it these days it's actually done it's not even done in per person so i don't think anybody knows what anybody else i'm guessing it's it's done in private okay so that that really would be an interesting thing because unions have have used that in the past to to coerce their membership into you know doing certain things all right interesting stuff so nick boyle first name dj fluker i think the chance is not zero that he'll be back in baltimore and, and the Ravens just don't have their tackle problem resolved. He was not terrible at times. They never really gave him the chance at guard that might have really worked out also. Uh, there's a lot of things that I could see still liking about his versatility there, and he's cheap as hell because not going to make any more next year than he did last year. Yeah, and I think, you're, I, think that's, I think there are a lot of guys on this list that fall into that category where if I'm going to play for the same thing, and I've got, I'm getting the same opportunity, I might as well stay right where I am. You know, now, he, I, he doesn't have a long history here. Certainly guys with longer histories, that fits more for. But, you know, for, and, you know let's face it, I mean, everybody reports that, you know, all the, good, all the stories are that the Ravens are, you know, a well-run organization who treat their players well, and, you know, the castle's beautiful, and while Harbaugh is kind of can be a hard ass, he certainly... When you rely on the Internet for everything... You need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X-Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. You know, mellowed on that some, so practices aren't, you know, um, like some teams. So, and, and, um, so I think that's probably... Uh, I think that weighs in their benefit for for guys like this, or like, especially for this year. If I can, if the if the cap is is going to stay down, uh, I, I might get a little more if it, if it you know if it was a different year. But if I got to play for the same thing, then I might as well stay here. I'm comfortable here, and you know I know the guys and they know me, and you know hopefully I can improve on it. And you know, it's a hopefully that, that culture trust that you're alluding to could extend beyond the organization too, and allow them to bring in some guys. Oh sure. Who would who would feel the same way? Uh, Sam Cook, I don't think we need to talk about. We haven't in fifteen years. <laughs> right? uh, Patrick Ricard. On uh, well, the... one thing on Cook: every yeah. year, every time this year, every year, we got, we got to cut Cook. He's paid too much. He's paid too much. <laughs> I, I don't get it. He while he for some while they're better. They're kickers that kick longer and get Pro Bowl bids. And his our offenses have always been good, getting the ball to the fifty at least. And mm-hmm. so he's, you know, he's punting it, trying to keep it out of the end zone. So he's, he doesn't get as many long kicks, it seems, with this team. That, um, but, you know, he's, he's one of the best in history. And obviously he's really good at the, all the different styles of kicks, he, some of which he, I yes. think he's invented. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, and, and, his, and his salary's guaranteed this year. So <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Is it? I, I didn't see that over cap, but you know. If, if not all of it, most of it is, yeah. Okay. The, the OTC still shows a, a $2.1 million savings for a cut. So it's, it's, so it's a little it was, surprising. Maybe it's guaranteed for injury, perhaps. Hmm. Okay. 
I, I, you know, I think we talk about all the ways that Cook is valuable, and you're right about all the different directional punting styles are really something new, but he's the greatest holder of all time. Well, there's that too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't want to mess up Tucker. Uh, Patrick Ricard now, he's on, he's entering year three of a three-year deal, right? Signed at 18, extended, or, or does he have one more? Signed through 22 or 21? He signed just through the end of this year. Yeah, this season. Okay. So, uh, big part of the offense, really played a lot of snaps once they had the additional injury to Boyle, uh, really ex- greatly increased his snaps at fullback slash inline tight end. Uh, I guess we don't need to really say anything about it. No, there's no restructure pay cut, maybe an extension for him. Uh, an extension would certainly be possible. I think he would be a guy they would, um, you know, they would, they would per- perhaps look to, um, I, I he'd probably because he's younger. Um, well, I mean, I guess Boyle's not that old either. But you know, he might be a guy for dummy years. But I would think he'd be more of a, a you know thought of extending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Sneed, I, I don't really see a lot of likelihood that he comes back. But you never know. The bargain bin is going to be fairly full this year, and you know, come that time there will be a lot of probably some interest in players who haven't been signed by the deadline for a cop pick consideration. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, my guess is, I mean, he, you know, he's not going to make what he made this year uh, anywhere. Um, and, you know, they're going to be, if you're, if you, there's a, now a threshold with the comp picks. I'm, I'm pretty sure last year, cause I looked this up just this week, if it was under 2 million on average, Mm-hmm. That was right around the cutoff line where you didn't even qualify anymore. Um, I'm not sure he's going to get a contract that averages two million. With the uh, lower COVID cap, is yeah. is what what happens to that? Well, that's going to um, well that I guess that could drive that number down some. Yes, um, but obviously there's still a lot of contracts out there that are you know past contracts. So because it, it looks at all of the league wide contracts and it creates a a threshold and. So if you make if and I can't remember the numbers, but the, um, Nick Corti at, at on over the cap does a really good. Uh, if anybody, if anybody's got a handle on it, he does. In fact, um, I was looking at that earlier, and he. So I was looking at that for the four guys that um, the four teams that are getting third round picks, comp picks, and he's already added that in, <laughs> and he's got the Ravens one in there already too. Um, but he does a really good job of explaining those thresholds. And the percentages, um, and the new CVA finally gave us some um, some detail to that because it's always been a uh, under the um, radar thing. It's never been uh, well; it's in writing somewhere, but it's never been done publicly. Okay, a couple more names here: Ronnie Stanley and Justin Tucker. We're going to just pass by. They're going to be Ravens for life. We Tucker signed through when? Twenty three. I believe that's right. Yeah, because he just okay. resigned uh, two two falls ago or two springs ago. Okay, so hopefully he, hopefully, frankly, he goes to the Hall of Fame and, and never has any other consideration for playing for another team. Right, right. Eric Tomlinson is an interesting player because I thought he blocked very well at the end of the year and he might be a guy the Ravens would want to keep around. He's obviously, he's a vet min guy. Uh, the Ravens get any kind of benefit at this point. He's a free agent. He's been in the league for five years. Is there is there any benefit that they can get that's beyond the normal vet contract what's what do you call it vet benefit yeah that, that now i mean i think he would be the veteran salary uh benefit guy um you know especially if boyle doesn't come back you know maybe he slides into that you know that blocking 
Um, did Tomlinson ever have a catch? I'm, no. Yeah, I don't even think he was thrown to. Yeah, I he recall, might, I'll, I'll check they, if he had a target. Yeah. Um, but so I'm not sure, you know, if, what kind of hands he has. Uh, if he does, obviously the, um, the tight end they they brought up before him didn't work out very well, and obviously should have caught the touchdown. Was that against Pittsburgh? He had one target against Jacksonville. It was not okay. caught. And I'm trying to remember the name of the the guy from Seattle. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Wilson. Wilson, right? That had a chance to catch a touchdown and. Late in the game, and I'm trying to remember who it was against. But yeah, it was late in the half. It was the end of the, the first half, half, half against. Okay. Uh, and he had a, he had a couple catches. Yeah, but. It, was, it was that was against Pittsburgh. He should have caught that. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so I think I mean you know he, he's a guy they should be able to get back if they want him, and he might fit in. Uh, you know, they're going to need another pass catching um, tight end, but he could if, if especially if Boyle's not here or if Boyle's not ready. You know, then you know maybe they could. Uh, then maybe he's a guy to have around. And you know, again, he's another one of those guys. If he doesn't make the fifty-three, so be it. All right, veteran cap cal- uh, value concerns. I have nobody on this list, but Nick Boyle would be the closest on the offense. This offense is run on a historical low level for how good it is. In, in particular, the the value you know, points relative to cap or oh, yeah. EPA per play relative to cap, any way you want to look at it. These last two Ravens years have been remarkable in terms of the value they've gotten for spending almost nothing. Yeah. I mean, and you know, Stanley was the only one and that was, you know what, that was to happen during the season. And I'm, other than that, I guess it was, um, Boyle, uh, well, Boyle and um, Ingram. You know, those were, I mean, those were the only guys. I think those would have been pretty much. Oh, and, and Snead, but Snead Yonda last year. Yeah, I mean, they were yes, and Yonda, but they were the only ones making more that you know that weren't on rookie deals, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just fantastic deal. But it's very rare that we would have no one who really fits in this category. But you're. You and I, I think, are agreeing in the notion that Boyle is probably the most likely that they might cut for cap space. It would be unfortunate if it happened. I'd much rather it be uh, just a, a lower structure deal somehow or an extension, but it well, is what it is. Well, you know, and something we haven't mentioned, but and a guy like Boyle would be a possibility there as well, is, you know, um, you're coming off of an injury. You need to take a pay cut. And, yeah. you know, as you, if, we, if we cut you loose... Is anybody going to give you $3 million this year coming off of an injury? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a terrible way to have to deal with it, but I think there are going to be guys that are going to be asked for pay cuts. And, you know, this is this year especially. You know, a lot of times they ask for a pay cut and players think, well, I can, you know, I can do better on the market. I'll just, you know, decline. But this may be the year that players are really forced to take a lot of pay cuts around the league. All right. I'm going to go through the list of 17 transitional names I want you to just kind of think about them for a moment. They have some similarities, and and maybe give you me your best bets of who may emerge from this category. But they're all a lot of these futures guy, practice squad guys. Jake Breland, a tight end. Des Bryant, Dion Kane, Sean Culkin, another tight end. Parker Anger, offensive lineman. Greg Mance, recent signing, actually played some, started 16 games, I think, for the Texans as a rookie. Trace McSorley, Jordan Mills, who's played some tackle. Uh, Chris Moore, uh, Jalen Moore. The wide receiver, R.J. Prince, backup lineman, Matt Skura, Johnny Townsend, Antoine Wesley. I have DeAndre White on here, but I think the Ravens actually have already gotten rid of him. Uh, Tyson Williams and Eli Wolf. Uh, 
bunch of different wide receivers, a few offensive linemen, and tight ends. That's basically what this group is on the offense. There's no, there's only one running back. There's Trace McSorley's the only quarterback on the list. Uh, it's an interesting group. Who do you think might make the team or might become a contributor? Because there's still some young players here. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the one that really sticks out is, and obviously McSorley's going to get the chance, whether, you know, what I don't, whether they carry three next year or he and Huntley battle it out for the backup. Um, certainly that's one name that sticks out. You mentioned Skura. I think, you know, there's a decent chance because there's not going to be much of a market, and he's one of those guys. I've been here four years. I'll just, you know, stick it out here another. And that, I mean, that'll depend if they go, you know, if they go veteran um, free agent center, then, you know, they probably won't bring Skura back. But he's a name since he's a free agent that could come back. Um, Tyson Williams is an interesting name. Um, he was a guy they wanted to sign uh, initially in their initial group of, um, of undrafted free agents, but he was injured. And I guess they basically said, once you're healthy again, we'll sign you. Uh, they really liked him. Um, obviously, we never got a chance to see him because we didn't see preseason. Uh, but he's certainly a name that, um, you know, they could, especially because, you know, they might need a fourth running back or if one of the backs gets hurt and he's on the practice squad, they could see him, you know, you could see him become, become a guy who, um, you know, hopefully would flash. And then I guess you're looking at the tight ends. Um, Culkin's more of a veteran, so I'm not sure he would be back. But Breland and Wolf. Uh, as undrafted free agents both got, I believe they were the two highest signing bonuses uh, for undrafted free agents and guaranteed money, along with um, um, the center, um, Castillo. So right. those, so, um, so, I mean, they thought highly of them. Uh, Breland was hurt, so he sat out the whole year. Um, and then Wolf actually was on the practice squad and got hurt, so he was on IR for a little while, too. Okay, another nuance question related to this. Obviously, a lot of these guys were activated, and actually fewer of these guys. It's more on the defense. A lot of the guys were activated for that Pittsburgh game from COVID. Did that start the clock for all those guys, or was there a special exemption from that that they don't accrue a year of service? Yeah, they normally wouldn't. Um, normally, it takes um, three years to accrue your year of service. Under the COVID rules, the, the COVID amendments, uh, it, it was one, one game. Um, so, um, did I say three years? It's three, three games to accrue a year, uh, okay. accrue a year. So, um, but under the COVID rules, uh, they changed it to one. So interestingly, cause there's a thing called an accrued year, which is time towards, um, towards free agency, but there's also a thing called a credited year, which affects gotcha. your salary. <laughs> um, so they did not get a credited, credited year. So, all of these guys would come in still under the first year rookie salary. Um, okay, so first year rookie salary credited, still four it, years in yeah, Baltimore. Well, no, no, it's still, it would be three. It would be three more years. The the, the accrued one is the so for cap purposes, it's better that they did not get the credited season because that uh -huh. means that means another hundred, roughly you know seventy five to hundred thousand per year, which would be all these guys would be getting you know that would be adding to the cap. So they get they get a higher salary, so they don't get the higher salary, but they do get the accrued year, which means they'll be free agents uh, sooner. Okay, so everyone who played in that Pittsburgh game, who that was their only NFL experience, which is not an inconsiderable number of players, might be four or five guys in this category, 
th- those guys are all going to be RFAs in 2023 and UFAs in 2024. Be the fourth year, be 23 because yeah. 20. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and without okay. that, they would. The, without that, they would. It would be one more year after that. Well, they'd still be in limbo because well, they wouldn't have the first year. They'll have any. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. have any accrued seasons yet. Yeah. yeah, the Ravens still have a few guys uh, like that. Like uh, who was the the classic guy who stayed around forever? It was uh, Bennett Jackson, who who didn't play until like six years after right. he was drafted. Right. right. Or. Yeah. All right. Uh, wonderful stuff as always doing this. I just love doing this show with you, Brian. I appreciate you coming on again. Oh, Tell people where they can find your work. Sure. So, um, on Twitter at Raven salary cap, I try to, um, when things are happening, especially this time of year, I try to, uh, um, you know, be on there with the numbers as quickly as I can, as quickly as, you know, we can get them. National media is helpful often. Um, and then sometimes the little the nuance parts will come out a little later and we'll get the full numbers together. Um, and then, you know, my, uh, my articles are on Russell Street Report. Uh, just last week put out the, uh, uh, the preview of the cap for this year. Um, those numbers will change, obviously, over time, and they're going, going to make a lot of moves. I, for some reason this year I had to spend a lot of time e- explaining, and I probably need to go back and look at the article because I'm usually, I usually try to make it clear this is the starting point before mm-hmm. they start making moves because they're clearly going to need cap space. But this is just try to explain they're going to have to make a lot, especially this year, they're going to have to do a lot of different things uh, to, to create cap space. But um, so, that, so that's where my work is. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, when things start happening, especially, uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty darn active. <laughs> okay. At Raven Salary Cap on Twitter, to me, that's the easiest way to get him. But when you're asking questions <laughs> about the salary cap, add him to it. I'm not going to know. You heard his his uh, specific nuanced knowledge is, is very exceptional in terms of these side letters that have been written. I mean, first time I'd ever heard about those. <laughs> you know, a lot of your other things about exactly how money is accounted for and the, and the guys who were active under COVID and the one game rule this year. This, he's your guy. Make sure that if you're asking me a question on Twitter about the salary cap, you use his at symbol as well. Make sure he's uh, uh, tagged on it. Brian, so much a pleasure having you on Absolutely, again. Absolutely, always. All right, my friend. We'll talk right. to you next time. Sounds good. On Film Take Study. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.